Like so it, all you sold was HDMI cables. That's it. And you turned it into a million pound business. A million pound business. At 17 years old. I mean, I didn't. It was luck. So <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Luck don't exist, bro. The reason I asked that question was because you could have gone down the route of just being daddy's boy, sitting at home, not working, not building your own empire, and living off his money. But you didn't. You built your own empire. What was the turning point in your head that said, you know what? I don't want to live in my dad's shadow. I want to create my own thing. So for me, it was more my father pushing me away from his business and stating those exact facts. So what he said to me was, he said, do you want to be known as my son or do you want to be known as Adam? What's going on, guys? This video is sponsored by Fireway Pizza. Trust me, I told you I was going to bring you a wicked sponsor. Fireway Pizza. Use code BLUETICK for 20% off your order. What's going on guys and welcome back to the Blue Tick Show, the world's fastest growing show. Opposite me today, I've got Adam Abraham, the founder of Love Luxury, the richest man on the show. Welcome to the show, my brother. How are you? Inshallah, inshallah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, appreciate you. Um, we've been speaking for a few weeks now. Um, I'm finally here. A few weeks? Yeah. But a few, few months. Few Alhamdulillah. Months. We've been trying to lock it in. But, you know, <laughs> flying in and out of the country is hard life and all of that. <laughs> Listen, my brother, first of all, congratulations on the empire you've built. You've smashed Thank it. You. I appreciate you. Thank you. But it didn't, you weren't born with it all. Of course not, no. There's a whole story behind you and how you made your success. So I'm here, to, I want to hear the story today. Of course, of course. Yeah, let's go through it. What do you want to hear? Throw me back to your childhood. Tell me about little baby you. Yes, yeah, so, um, I grew up in Hackney in um, North London, so North East London, uh, with my father, um, who was very entrepreneurial, um, had big dreams, big hopes. Um, and, you know, being an only child with a father that was dedicated to um, spending his life um, fulfilling his dreams, which was making us successful. Um, you know, like having, you know, having a son, which I know how, you know, what it feels like. You always want to be successful for your son and for your children. Um, and just having someone around me like that massively motivated me to be the person I am today. Uh, my father was, um, you know, very strict with the way I lived my life. Um, it was all you know, it was all uniform um, in regards to like waking up, going to school, off school club, Saturday club, Sunday club, um, you know, participating in probably least sports um, and more focusing on education. He wanted, you know, like he really pushed me into education. I wasn't made for it, to be honest with you. I wasn't the person Fair to enough. sort of sit there studying, but he tried his best. Yeah, yeah he pushed um, you into it. Yeah, he tried, alhamdulillah. Um, and then... And he was very successful. So what was he, he doing? What businesses was he in? So he was import export manufacturing from China when um, e-com first started. Okay. Um, and he was into like plastic, metal, CNC items, quality control. Um, just really doing a lot of different businesses. Would you say it, your dad was successful? From the in the early years, no, he was trying, and then and then something happened. There was like a point in his life where it sort of clicked, and alhamdulillah, he became extremely successful. Um, from being, you know, a person who, you know, who just about bought his first house to owning hundreds of houses in North and East London up to today. Because the reason I asked that question was because you could have gone down the route of just being daddy's boy, sitting at home, not working, not building your own empire and living off his money. But you didn't. You built your own empire. What was the turning point in your head that said, you know what, I don't want to live in my dad's shadow. I want to create my own thing. So for me, it was more my father pushing me away from his business and stating those exact facts. So okay. what he said to me was, he said, do you want to be known as my son or do you want to be known as Adam? That's and big respect from the dad because most dads don't do that. They'll keep yeah. you next to them. But if they're comfortable, they don't want their son to go out there and experience the real world. But that's big that he done that for you. 
Yeah, I mean, it was great because he sent me over to Ghana and Africa. I spent time time in China, like six years oh, wow. um, abroad and in the temples. Um, spent time in the Ghanaian, um, in Tema, where we were digging for gold. I spent time in India, where I'm originally from, where half my family's from, um, and got to travel the world anyway. So for me, it was having a father that was sort of putting it inside of me and sort of um, understand, you know, where I want to go, what I want to do. Because he always said to me, son, if you want to be a dustbin cleaner, and he was genuine, he yeah. goes, just be the best dustbin cleaner. He didn't care what I would do. He was just more like, if you're going to be passionate about something, put your passion, your heart, your effort, your energy into that one thing and be the best in it. That's good though. That's big that he gave you that motivation, the hunger as well. Because he was successful, you could have lived a chilled life, like he said. You could have just literally relaxed did he ever give you any money i mean no that's the thing so he wasn't the person even though he became extremely successful he never was the person to say hey you got his money for a car his money okay. for a house it was like all right now you've got to work harder i've i'm now in a position where we own these buildings you can start your own businesses yeah. i've got warehouses you can now do the e-com yourself and that's exactly what i done so you know um you know going back to um my childhood i was in china i was studying in china when i came back i started an e-com website called cables uk what age did you go to china i was in, i went to china age 14. oh young by yourself yeah. yeah by myself yeah it was it was a it was a boarding school so oh, he sent wow. me to the school why did he choose china because he moved to china himself okay fair enough yeah. so right. he was in china and it was safer for him to have me in the same country as opposed to me in london by myself just with my grandparents yeah, it, no, was, it would have worked sense. as well what was it like in China? Um, it was great for me. It was a boarding school. There was a lot of foreign students. I liked it. Um, it was very strict. We had to wake up very early hours. So four o'clock in the morning was our wake. You know, you know, we you know we got woken up at that time. We used to run uh, mountains in Yehul Siping in, in in a place called Changchun, um, and we'd come back. We eat our porridge. We do a bit of training, a bit of study, and this and that, and just sort of chill with it. It was a temple. Um, I was very relaxed in the temple. Uh, my father sort of had his, you know, you know, had his way around the temple. He knew the director of the temple, and it was pushing my son as far as he yeah. can go. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. What age did you come back home? So I got back when I was around eighteen, nineteen. And you said you started your own business. I started my business from China. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So it's right. exporting to the UK, and the econ website was selling the the HDMI cables online. So that's all you were doing, selling HDMI cables. That's it. But that HDMI cable business went into a million pound business in the first year. At twenty, at eighteen years old. At seventeen. Seventeen years old. Yeah, be, yeah. What happened was everybody bought uh, a television bracket. Yeah, everybody. And everybody need and everybody had a PlayStation. Everybody needed cables going from their TV to the PlayStation, TV to the um, DVD player, TV yeah, to yeah. the or PS One at the time, um, and TV to every other appliance. And the HDMI cable became so popular that Amazon wasn't doing it. Like, so it, all you sold was HDMI cables. That's it. And you turned it into a million pound business. A million pound business at seventeen years old. I mean, I didn't. It was luck. So <laughs> you can't yeah. be, luck don't exist, bro. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know it wasn't me. I know it was just that that time for HDMI cables. Because even today, you can, you know, you know, there's products right now we can buy and sell that would be a million pound product overnight. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, but it's just finding that niche in the market to understand where Amazon were not involved, eBay, were, yeah, were not involved. The e-commerce websites were not like there was no one out there doing it. When Amazon picked it up, the business didn't do as well because now everyone's now going to Amazon to buy yeah. a two ninety nine cable and not a six ninety nine cable. Yeah, but those cables sense. were costing me 10p. Yeah, yeah, and then but the shipping to the UK was costing like FOB to our store, and then shipping them out for via like Royal Mail, DHL, etc., UPS, and doing that sort of logistics of the business. Of you know, we had a lot of high overheads. Was you doing it all yourself? No, we had a team of my father had a massive team of people in the warehouse, so he so he would like rent staff to me. Okay, okay. So basically, okay. if yeah, if like the wage was just say one hundred fifty pounds for a staff, if they you know took six hours on my business, I'll just pay up the um you know difference. Like, yeah difference. So you was literally your job was to find a product, 
you were sorting back end the website or your dad's team was? No, so basically I hired a team to do the website for me in London in Highgate. I found a guy called Tony, made the shittest website in the world. Yeah, about 500 <laughs> quid. Um, I had to very quickly change that into a 2,000 pound website by another guy called Tony, actually. It was you in like London. Tony, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it, it was just Tony's. Um, and, then, and then from there, we, we then went on to making different heads for each of my cables. So, what, what do you mean different like, heads? So changing the head to a gold head, to a platinum head, okay, yeah, to a yeah. silver head. And then changing the prices around a bit. It was just... Does any of that shit make a difference? Nothing at all, no. Genuinely, makes no difference at no. all. It was a look. Some people want a gold cable, some people want a silver one. Some people want a pink, purple, green, orange, blue. You can't even see it once they've seen the TV. People buy, but they buy. At the end of the day, it was business to me. Um, and, in it, and it made sense having a variation of different cables because people will sometimes go for something called, I, I, you, know, you, you know, I used to Google what's the best selling words and I'll literally yeah. make a cable that says super high HDMI cable. People would buy that because of the word super. Yeah, yeah, they think yeah. it faster. They think, oh yeah, oh, yeah. this is a better one. It must you, be super. You get an ethernet cable and they put super fast ethernet cable. It's the same cable. Same cable. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it worked really well. The business was very successful. Um, and after it took off, I didn't really have much to do with it because there was not, no, no, not really much for me to do. Yeah. Apart from take a, a wage, a check, and divvy up the profits of the business. So question for you, you're making big money at this point for yeah. for a 17 year old boy turning over a million pound a year is a lot of money. Fair enough, not all of it's profit, but what was your wage? Did you pay yourself a wage or was you taking the big chunks out? No, so basically it was no wage, it was just a profit share of the business. Okay. So, so basically I owned 33% of the business. Why 33? Because my father owned 33 and his brother owned 33. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair and, enough. And, and, and because, um. I was using the warehouse staff. I had their expertise. They were there to sort of help the business because they knew exactly what to do to make, to make a, it success. yeah a successful business. And then for me, it was like, all right, find the product, list the product, all the descriptions, all the titles, make sure the images are on point, make sure the orders are going out, make sure people, you know, there's no problems with our quality control from China back to the UK, making sure that, that you know, we've got enough stock in for the next sort of, you know, for the next three months at a time because you got to make them, then you pack them, then you ship them to the UK. That could take three to four months. Yeah. So like you got to be, you know, sort of have stock in advance. So, you know, like sort of think, forecast, say, I've got thousand pieces that we sold out in three months. I've got order last month. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Now I'm late. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so that was my job to keep up with the business. After that, it automated itself after a year. How long was it? Well, how long was you involved in that business for? About a year. That was it. And then how long did that business stay around for? Still, still now. It's still going today. Yeah, 19 years. It's still running. Well, the HDMI business. Still right now online. No chance. I swear to God. HDMI cable. UK is still running right yeah, you've now. You've got online. the domain HDMI cable. UK. Yeah. Sweet. Fair enough. No, it's cablesuk. Sorry. Cablesuk. Okay. Yeah. So it's still running. Is it right doing now. well? I mean, it's not. As, it's, yeah, it's not doing as of well course, as it was. Amazon. 19 years ago, because when eBay yeah. jumped on board when I was at like 21, and Amazon and the rest of them, we had seen you know that the sales go from. A thousand pieces a day, two, then 500, 400, 300. But then by that time, I didn't care. It's making money. It's done. Yeah, no, it's because I already bought properties from the money. I already was making new money. I had other ventures going on at the same time. I was doing other things. So, what was you doing? Tell us. I was in Ghana, um, went to dig for gold, not physically myself. Yeah. <laughs> and got you out there digging. Yeah, I mean, they bought um, a, a mine and we bought the equipment. And my father's friend was involved with yeah with, yeah with his ventures about twenty million pound worth of investment and f f yeah for me it was about being at the mine making sure that things were going in the right direction so it's more like an operations manager. He was like the eyes and ears. Basically, they needed someone they can trust in the mine and in Ghana there you know there was problems with people sort of robbing the mines, coming round. You get people that you know you know you know will come with the army and say move away from here if you, as soon as you find gold. That's yeah. when people start coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, you know, you know, you know, they're like, oh, they've struck gold. Now that's where the money's at. This is gold for the, you know, like, you know, like the mine. Um, we struck gold within a year. 
And when we struck gold, I got a call saying, leave the country right now. Leave Ghana. Leave, leave Ghana. As in like, we've struck gold, leave the country. We're gonna Why lock leave? Off, we're going to lock off the site because... because the army are going to take over, lock it off basically. They, yeah, they're going to lock it off and now dig for the gold and get, try to get the gold, um, you know, get it out basically. Oh, right. And they meant leave for your own safety. Yeah, for my safety in case somebody kidnaps Kidnaps you. you. Yeah. And basically holds me for ransom saying, oh yeah, you know, we've got this person, We, you know, we want the site back or whatever. How, so much, everyone, how much was the gold worth? It was like 50 million pounds after like five years of it all coming up. Big money then. I mean, the investment was big money. Yeah, but 20 mil, you're making 50 mil, it's 30 million profit. Yeah, but that's a gamble. So it was 20 million to me. It was like, yeah, it was like 20 million to zero. <laughs> yeah, 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 true, yeah. true, true. Or 20 million to 20 mil, you know, even if you got his money back, you're I would have been like, that's good. Yeah, um, making a profit, it was scary. It wasn't, you know, like it's not as, it's not as exciting when you say, oh, I've made 30 million. You didn't make 30 million. The stress that you go through to get the money out of the country. What, Your life what, being on the line as yeah. well. And, you know, like when you're there back and forth and you land on a plane, all you're thinking about is, am I going to get killed? Was that bad? Genuinely, you had them thoughts when you were going there? And yeah, me, yeah. I mean, like people at that level, I mean, in Ghana, used to get killed because I used to drive around the roads and that has empty, oh, the person died. Oh, that has empty, oh, the person got killed, shot. Like, and you can see holes in people's houses. People in Ghana would say, oh, don't make it out like it's a bad country. I used to live there and I was an Obroni there. Yeah, if people out there in yeah, like Ghana will understand. And they used to say, oh, a crazy Obroni. Yeah, and the thing is when I'm out there and I've seen it and I've lived there, and then the way they look at me and, you know, because I'm, they either, you know, they thought I was Lebanese because there's a lot of rich Lebanese and a lot of Indians in Ghana. And they've taken over. The Lebanese had taken over the whole of Ghana when I was there. They bought all the restaurants, all the, all the supermarkets and, every, you, know, you know, they were the big bosses. So they would look at me as this guy's got money. But I did not personally, I was in a position, I wasn't like a hundred millionaire. You he, was, know, he was a kid I, as well. I was, I was a young man, yeah. So when we did strike gold, I got the call. My dad said, leave the country straight away. I packed my bags that same day, next flight, booked it, back to the UK. And then it was like, oh, son, now you got to go to India. Yeah, my mate's got a textiles business. You got to learn the business. You got to do this. You got to do that. That's what I got to do. You got to go down there. You, you'll yeah. figure it out. As in, when you get there, you'll know what you're doing. Um, so I landed back in the UK. I remember spending not a lot of time in the UK when he, when he had me traveling. Um, and I just, you know, I flew back out again. Um, textiles business didn't really work for me. I wasn't really interested. So you never got time to enjoy your 20-year-old gap? When you're 20 years old, no party, and you didn't have none of that in your life? I mean, of course, I had all the fun. I'll be honest with you. As in, like, you did, yeah. Yeah, it was in China. There's parties going on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair but, enough. You, you know, like, you know, you know, because because it's a it's a place where people around the world would come to China, okay. and it, you know, it would be more fun than the UK parties. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, and in Ghana, it's so much fun because you got parties everywhere and crazier than like crazier than. In so the you UK. still enjoyed your, your childhood. Yeah, I had loads of fun. Oh, fair enough. Oh, fair enough. You weren't just involved in the business. You was enjoying yourself while it was going on. Yeah, because when you're, I mean, you know, when you got the money in the bank and and you know, you know, I had a certain amount of money coming in every month, and I felt as if that I was super rich in my own heart. I was like, wow, you know, like, I'm young, yeah. I've got loads of money in the bank, and I can spend what I want, when I want, do anything I want. Um, and I was doing it, and my father got pissed because he's like, this guy's got, he's getting easy money. Yeah, because now it's now it's just coming in the bank, and he's just enjoying it. But because my father wasn't a person to con, you know to really enjoy his money, yeah, he'd invest, 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 buy as many properties as possible, try to build up the portfolio. He's done a great job with it. But with yeah. me, it was more like you've been doing this, and I've seen what you've been doing, and it's not as, it's not as enjoyable as me driving a nice car or having a big mansion at age twenty one. Yeah, no, okay? definitely it makes sense. Yeah, so I was like, well, you do you, I'll do me. He wasn't happy with the extravagant lifestyle. He's like, you know, you, you know. You gotta work. You you know you gotta work. Did you and two ever fall out over it? No, we never really fell out. It was more we didn't see eye to eye because he was more involved with business and investments at the time. Yeah, 
and I was more involved with I don't give a shit about anything. I don't live my life. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's how it was. Um, he was about twenty one at this age. Yeah, but yeah, by twenty one, it was um, it was like me and my father couldn't be in business anymore. Okay. Yeah, it's because his ideas and my ideas were completely different. But you was making enough to be without. I bought without a house. You. I was good. I was yeah. living. Like even my friends would come around to me. I said, like, "Bro, you got a house? Yeah. <laughs> you, got, you know, got cars outside, parked up." And I'm, you know, like I didn't feel it because I was, I sort of got used to having the money. Because once you have money for just say two or three years and you bought your house, it becomes the norm. Yeah. And then you sort of like feel, oh, I've I've always been rich, but I haven't always been rich. But it's it just feels like you've been rich because when you're 17, you don't expect to have that much money. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And when you do have the money, you just enjoy your life. And then I, I don't know what I had to do. Um, and then it was time for me to really wake up. When, you know, when I was left on my own um, and my father was like, mm, you know, at the end of the day, we can't do business no more. Um, you know, we, he doesn't like my morals and the way I'm living my life because I wasn't religious at the time. I didn't care. I'll do what I want. You know, if I'm going to drink, I'll do anything. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, people, and people around me were like, oh, this guy's, he's, you know, he's off the rails. Reckless. He's reckless. He does anything. He says what he wants to anyone. He's rude. And I didn't, wasn't conscious about people's feelings i wasn't conscious about um saying thank you and please and all this you know now it's just stiff i've got kids and i've yeah. and i've grown up a lot since since then um and and what, yeah what changed well when was the turning point in your life where you thought you know what, i need to grow up that's like recently <laughs> for real <laughs> for real <laughs> it, ah, was, cool. it was yeah i mean it was like five years ago um honestly i was still off the rails to the age of like 31 31 years old, I was still off. I was but then you it. said two minutes ago, you said at 21, you had a, an awakening. Yeah, I had an awakening that I had, now I'm going to make not as much money without my father's okay. in the business model. But you were still still living life. I was still living, I was still reckless. <laughs> yeah, because now all of a sudden I'm making all this money. I'm I'm living like the best life. I can go out and do what I want. And then now I'm not making as much money because now I'm getting cut off because he's yeah. he's basically buying my shares off the business. Because I, oh, I was a profit holder, I wasn't a shareholder. Okay. Yeah, so I, I earned profits of a business. I didn't, I wasn't an owner of the business. So he thought, look, my son's taking a piss. He's making all this money. He's yeah. not st standing with a business. He's just living life. He's living his life. Let me yeah, cut him so, back a little bit. Yeah, let, yeah, let me, let, yeah, yeah. Let me be fair with, this is what was given. This is what I'm going to pay you out. I was happy with the payout. I was like, hold them in. All right, pay me out. I'm done. Yeah, I'm going to go. He paid me out. And that money soon went down quick because I was living a life like I was <laughs> a trillionaire. What car was you driving at 21? I was, uh, I think I, um, had an M3 that I bought, but yeah, like, yeah, when I was 19, and it was carbon fiber, short shift gear control, um, f had Lamborghini doors on it. I spent like 45 grand just. You put Lamborghini doors on it. Lambo M3. doors, bro. Yeah, as in like it was. Um, you was that guy, innit? You was that guy that everyone knew with the Lambo doors. <laughs> no, but the thing is, I, it wasn't even my idea. It was a friend of mine who loved cars more than me. Okay. Yeah, and it was his dream car. Oh. I, yeah, yeah. I didn't really dream about cars. Yeah, Fair and then I bought a car that he dreamt about because he was he was the only person in the whole area that loved cars and he'd know everything about every car and he know the details and this and that and he was so passionate about this one M3. I was like, I'll buy it. Yeah, yeah, just because I I can afford to and he's saying it's the best car out there. So why not? Yeah, I bought it. I done. I fixed it up. He goes, so you should do this. You do shit. You give it. You get Iceman exhaust. You should carbon fiber that. So you've done, the whole, you've done, done the whole lot. Yeah, done the whole lot. And then um, the car's pretty shitty compared to today's cars. Yeah, <laughs> because it because it was an M3. Um, and yeah, just moved on from there. I haven't bought like another car he wants. You know, you know, he loved the E63 AMG. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up buying that car because he was like, I really like the new E63 AMG. I'm like, buy one. <laughs> <laughs> bought one. I loved it. I'll be honest with you, it was an amazing car. So time. you was fully just reckless living. Yeah, I was enjoying it. Yeah, no, but listen, you got to. You have to as well. And I always say to people, you've got to enjoy it as well. You can't sit there and live such a strict life your whole life. You get to a point where you're too old, you look back and you're like, oh, all I've Didn't done do is anything. make money. Yeah. 
I spent it all, don't worry about that. <laughs> so what happened? I mean, from then I moved on to um, other businesses, um, like pawnbroking style businesses. So I opened a store called We Buy For Cash in Hackney. Okay. Um, and then opened, up, opened one up in Roman Road. And then I moved on to Prestige Buyers and then moved on to a teeth whitening business that's still open. Um, on one for seven Seymour Place, which is Harley Teeth Whitening. Then I opened Harley Street Microbedding and then Harley Treatment Clinic. Um, and then me and Emily opened up another clinic in Harley Street. I had a three, four clinics on, I had like three clinics on Harley Street and one on Seymour Place. I, so you got involved in the clinic? I just got open up, no, beauty business, pawnbroking businesses. You just um, wanted to make money. You didn't anything. care what it was, you just wanted money. Yeah, and I had money. So I was like, let me invest in that. And every business that I was getting into was making money. Yeah. But then they were accumulating to the same amount of money that I was making on just e-com with a lot more effort. And I was like, hold on a minute. The retail business is a lot harder than e-com. Yeah. With e-com, you sleep at night, you make money, people click by. And, and it was, a, um, you know, it was, it was a, a solution behind not making money when you're not sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Which no, is massive sense. to me. I'm, and now I'm going back into e-commerce at the moment. So I'm actually looking back now and going into a new business model um, that's going to hopefully take over the whole of the internet. Can we discuss? Um, yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, we're not far from it. It's going to be very similar to Love Luxury, but it's going to be um, catering for um, under five thousand pound. All the products are going to be under five k. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, on the new brand because my current brand is more five thousand up to quarter of a billion for a bag, yeah. up to five six hundred thousand for a watch, and it's not affordable for the majority of the population. Yeah, right now, no. Yeah. especially with what's going on in the current world, people are people are struggling. Hence the reason why I'm going to go to the other side. I'm still going to keep my, you know, my Rolls Royce brand because yeah. obviously I cater for the elite and the 0.01% of the population. And that is my clientele at the moment. But also I want to cater for 99.9% of the population who I turn down every single day. And probably, you know, I turn around 10, 15 people a day at the moment, which would accumulate into a multi-million pound profitable business overnight. Yeah. yeah, and I can see that from the you know you know the inquiries that I personally get, not my business, not my staff, not Dubai, not like London sales team, just myself personally. So how well is Love Luxury doing? Alhamdulillah, it's been doing really well because of the social media. Um, it's been doing really well because of the brand. Um, how strict and straightforward we are when it comes to sort of exposing the brand and showing who's involved and not hiding and showing the authenticity, the you know you know you know you know. The, the product condition and making sure that everything is in order for the clients. I think that's the main thing, being honest as well. Yeah, 100%. Being honest with your clients, that, that's what builds up client base. There's so many brands out there where they're not as honest. And I think you know that in your business, you know that back to front, that's, that's your world. You know that better than anyone. But where did Love Luxury start? So Love Luxury started from my other brand called Prestige Buyers and I was focusing more on watches for my pawnbroker stores. Okay. And then I opened up Prestige Buyers at one of my clinic locations at the Monhali Street because I, I had a whole floor. So I turned one room very similar to this into Prestige Buyers. Okay. So I had a table, had my signs Prestige Buyers, made it all nice. You, you sort of come inside and buy and sell watches. Like it's, it's a, a Dubai style business. Yeah, yeah. And then it was doing well. So I was holding a minute. Let me focus on the higher end pieces as opposed to the lower end because my pawnbroker takes like a Gucci watch and a laptop and a phone and a jewelry and whatever else you could bring to my store. But with this business, I was like, let's cater for not the elite, not the 0.01%, the 30%, which is the Rolexes from 3,000 upwards to 8,000 pounds. And that was more affordable for my understanding because it's hard for me to jump into the business and just spend a quarter of a million pound on a watch instead of 300 grand tomorrow because I don't have the clientele yet. Yeah, definitely. Um, business has changed since then. Now that is my only business. Now I focus on watches at a quarter of a million pound. Yeah. And you know, the deals that I now do are focused on just the billionaire clients that I regularly talk to and that are known to be, you know, 
really successful in the industry and I deal with these elite clients because that's where I've wanted to be. So I've got a question for you now. So you're now in a position where you've got your daughter and she's taking over social media at the minute. She's everywhere. We will see her. Is there not a part of your head where you go back to thinking how your dad used to think, thinking, shit, is my, your, your dad used to think son, but now shit, is my daughter safe? She's your world. She is. She's, you, everyone's kids are their world. Do you never worry about your daughter's safety? Yeah, 100%. Hence the reason why they moved to Dubai within a click of a finger. So it was this decided, I think, on a Monday. We got moved to Dubai because it's unsafe for us in the UK. By the, by the following Monday, I moved them to Dubai. Where was the unsafe part? What, what happened? Was there an incident that happened? I mean, to be honest with you, yeah. As, oh, really? Yeah, as in, you know, um, you know, where we live in the UK, we're driving around, even though I've got a team with us at all times I've got people with me all the time walking around um, that people don't see on camera as you guys can't see right now there's four people with me <laughs> yeah. um, you know at the end of the day um, it wasn't safe for her or my wife and I just you know we had a few scares you know people maybe trying to kidnap people oh, trying really? to do certain things um, and and you know my wife was this is too unsafe for us to be in the UK and with me I'm that person, like, I change, like, angles in a second. So okay. I'm not the person, oh, no, it's my home. Oh, no, no, we can't. Nah, babe, you want to go? Pack your bags and leave now. And she's okay. like, babe, I said, pack your bags and leave right this second. I was in Dubai. That's oh, the worst thing about it. When, yeah, when something happened, I yeah, rushed back to the UK. My father was like, son, move your family out. Because, you know. What, what happened? So my family's at my house. I've got people in my house looking after my family. And on the cameras, loads of people turned up outside my house. Yeah, but these people were not these are up guys that came to kidnap my daughter. Oh, for real? Yeah, and the way that the police and everyone found out was because they were like, they, you know, like they just footprints on your door trying to smash your door down. No one can get in. You know, like our house doesn't have stuff in it. We don't keep jewelry, yeah, clothes, even my clothes. I don't keep my house. For real? Yeah, just because of my yeah, it's just because I've got so many clothes. I, I'm paranoid of, of someone going to my house and emptying a whole clothes collection. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you could take one two jackets, fine. But if you got I've got Tony Grant jackets, fine. You know, like it's just the amount of money I've spent on my stuff. I don't, you know, it can't go missing. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll do my head in. Yeah, so I'm naked everywhere we are, and I always keep things in places where people can't get to. For yeah. that reason, because you know we grew up in Hackney, very paranoid from you know people trying to get you know like you know to your things, um, and when that situation arose of the people that I believe and my wife believes tried to go to kidnap our daughter, my wife was like, "It's unsafe." I called my father, all my brothers turned up, you know like I had like twenty guys instantly um, looking after my family, and I told my wife, "Baby, you just go," you yeah, know. So safety at the end. You of the don't day. need. We don't need no stress. We don't even need to be in London. You want to go to Dubai? Go to Dubai. You want to go anywhere? We go anywhere. I don't care where we're gonna go. We just pack up and go. Yeah. For us, we got a business in the UK. It's fine. I can come back to the UK. Yeah, you come back and forth. Right? Whenever yeah. we're talking, whenever we're talking, you're always back and forth. Yeah. But that's that's the that's the beautifulness of having money. Mm. You can your safety is there. Other people can't leave. That's they the have thing. to be stuck there. Yeah. But you put your family in a position where you're doing so well. Where if their safety comes like that, it's see you later. Get out of the country. Go. Yeah. Go. Instant. Gone. In a second. Was that? scary for you or did you not care me uh, my father sent me around the world like for me yeah, it's true. yeah i don't have that feeling of being scared of moving if i don't move i'm scared yeah if i don't do something i'm worried i'm like oh, i didn't try that business opportunity ah oh, you know i you know i could have lost 100 grand i want to lose 100 grand yeah as in if i lose 100 grand i'm happy because i know that i've tried this yeah? first and, man i know yeah. who says if i lose 100 grand i'm happy yeah because <laughs> because i know i've tried and the thing is i've lost a lot of 100 grands i've lost a lot of 10 grands i've lost a lot of 15 grands by trying little things that haven't worked and i don't care about the money all i cared about was if i did not try that it'd be bugging me because that could have been the one yeah, no, that's yeah? true. And that hurts me more than um, than like, you know, not trying. 
So. When you think of it like that, it makes a big difference because you could try that one little move, boom, that's you're it. good. Yeah, and the thing is that that's my gamble. I don't go to casino. I don't spin a, yeah, a roulette. I don't have um, problems in my life. So my you know my gamble is using my money to see if I can do better for my family. What's been the best little thing you've started that's blown up? What's been the best little gamble you've taken? I mean, to be honest with you, I think they they've all been very successful, even though everyone around me doesn't think. <laughs> yeah, like, my wife will be like, oh, but you started a business and it wasn't, su- yeah, it, it wasn't successful, but she's always basing it upon other businesses that I've done. That might, yeah, that Comparing might have blown them. out of the water, you know, like, oh, that one you sold and it was that much money, but that one you sold and you didn't make that much money. But I was still happy. I'm like, well, I still sold it. I still made yeah, money. I, yeah, as in, you know, I started it, I got there, I ran it, it was a profitable business. I could have made an extra 110 grand a year, which, I mean, to be honest, it, it means nothing to me. It, it was like the effort of having staff, paying the rent, paying the bills, managing a team for the money. I was interested. So I was like, let me sell this business. Sales made me an offer. Enjoy the business. Yeah. yeah I've taken the money. My wife's like, oh, but it was, that's, that's successful because people, you know, you know, with the money I got from that, the least successful business, people will be like, oh my God, that's my life changed. Yeah, nice for real. And then, yeah, for us, it's like, oh, let's just go buy a G-Wagon with it. Yeah, but that, that's not the point. <laughs> you know, like, at the end of the day. Well, you got too much money. You got, that's the problem. You've got too much money. You got to, <laughs> thinking, oh, let me sell this business and go buy a G-Wagon with it. That's when you're, that's when you're just, you're in that next bracket. You know, <laughs> I've interviewed millionaires, I've interviewed all of it, but you're in that bracket where you're just, Boom, you're just there and it's just like, yeah, what should we buy today? Oh, should we go buy a new car? Just jokes, isn't it? Yeah, you I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, like more is about investing and making sure that people around me are safe and secure. And I find um, that makes me very happy knowing that every, if, if I, because, because my, was, my thing is if I, if I pass away. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hence the reason why I've started my fitness journey recently. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be diabetic. I'm going to freaking die soon. Yeah. Hand to heart. I was like, bro, I'm living my life way too much as in i'm eating what i want i'm doing what i want and i'm getting out of shape and i'm gonna die soon if i continue to you know just yeah, yeah. eat and live crap yeah and i'm stressed all the time because i'm, I'm like <laughs> i'm like oh this bill that bill incorporation tax tax vat yeah rent rates you can tell if you've got multiple businesses you've got a lot of staff to pay the amount of money that i have to spend on a monthly basis will give everyone a heart attack what would you say your outgoings are every month it's stupid go on what would you say I don't put a figure it. on it no it's stupid i don't want to say it. yeah it's, it's, it's i prefer not to to protect people's hearts out there yeah <laughs> and to protect my own heart um, and my wife because when she finds out she's like oh my god my husband's wasting a lot of how, money. how many figures would we say mine's are strong mine's i'm, I'm uh, you know i'm at a level where i'm spending a lot of money but that's not on myself that's the staff the way of course rent. that's your yeah. whole business that's my whole business it's a lot of money Okay, fair enough, fair enough. It, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money because I've never spent that much in my whole life. It's only, it's only, you know, like, it's more and more and more and more. But as the higher it goes, the more income's coming as well. Yeah, alhamdulillah. But that's, but the people, people don't see that. And also, I still have to pay those bills. So, you know, like, I, you know, I told my father, uh, my monthly, outgo- I mean, my weekly outgoing, he goes, that's a lot of money you pay a month, isn't it? And he's, <laughs> this is a guy who's, who's very successful. He goes, yeah, yeah. you spend that much money a month? I said, no, that a week. He's like, a week? Yeah. He had a heart attack. He's like, son, what the flip? You spend- I'm like, I've got to pay all of that, all of that, all of that, all of that, all of that. And he's like, Jesus Christ. He even he hasn't spent that much money in his life. He's like, I'll bro, how much are you spending every week? Seriously. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, bro? How much are you spending? I mean, you got to pay for everyone. Nothing's free. Like, you know, you, you know, I wake up this morning and I don't live a free lifestyle. You know, I'll, sure. I'll do what I want. I'm not, you know, you know, I go to Harrods and spend 200 pounds a steak every single day and I don't give a shit. Because the thing is, that's what I want to do. And it's, I'm not going to live my life in a way where I let myself down. Yeah, no, Be- fair enough. Yeah, because I thought it was, I worked hard for my money. So I'm working hard not to just, to, to leave it. 
Just yeah. to chill, yeah. And then, yeah and then you I can't take it with you, bro. You yeah. can't take it with you. So I'm, I'm Guys, have you been thinking of move to Dubai? I've partnered up with Cranbrook Legal to make your experience so much easier. Literally, I got the main man from Cranbrook Legal right now to tell you how easy it is. Guys, it's as simple as picking up the phone, giving us a call, and letting us get on with the business. What, literally? One phone call? Literally one phone call, a few documents, and we're there. And then I just get up, fly to Dubai, and I ain't got to pay tax no more. Yeah, but you can come and see us. We'll take you out for a meal, show you Dubai, and then it's all up to you after that. Bro, where do I sign now? I'm enjoying it. You know, every day I'm in a Carlton Jumeirah and I'll eat out their food buffet. And, I'll, and it's a lot of money. I'll have a detox juice, a ginger shot, um, and the rest of it, and the whole buffet. That's 60, 70 quid. Yeah, that's bracky, but things, and then you go for lunch. It's 150 pounds for a steak, 30 pounds for some veggies, 20 pounds for a drink, service charge 20 quid. You can spend 300 pounds a day on food. And that's just yeah, maybe yeah, like yeah. breakfast and lunch. And then you might have a snack, an apple, 20, 20p or a pound, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, yeah? But, <laughs> yeah. but you might have a snack. So, you know, you know, you know, you can spend that much money on myself. And, and if, for, for myself, I consider it nothing. Because on, yeah, on, on the large scale, I'm like, hold on a minute. If I, if I spend all that money, I should do what the hell I want. I, yeah. I should buy any clothes I want. Yeah, I should eat anywhere I want. I should buy any anything I want. I should buy and without thinking, without thinking, what if? There's no ifs. Do you ever look back and think, yeah, that was a dumb purchase? Honestly, nah, nah, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> well, for real, you'd never actually think, oh, you know, I didn't have to buy that car, but I mean, like, I mean, like, I do it, and and my wife tells me, oh, you deserve it, like, you know, like the other day, I think I was in um, Zayna, and these bottoms are like two grand each. Bro, they look like Primark bottoms, bro. Yeah, I was like, if you saw someone, like a homeless person wear them, you'd actually think, not in a bad way, nothing wrong with homeless people, that, that they are cheap brands. Did you buy them? Yeah, I bought them. Yeah, <laughs> and I bought them in all the colours as well. Yeah. I was like, all right, bro, babe, I'll buy every colour, yeah? Why? But why? What for? Because my wife was like, oh, you need to change your game. Yeah, you know, you need to go a bit more subtle brand. You know, you got all these colours on you. I was like, I love the colours. <laughs> <laughs> so you bought, how much you spend? Oh, no, I wasted a lot of money that day, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but yeah, but then, I mean, a couple of days ago, I was in Dubai, and my wife was like, um, oh, babe, I want to go shopping. So I was like, yeah, let's go shopping. She, was, she wants to go to Hermes. She loves Hermes. I was like, fine, no problem, yeah? So they offered her something that she wanted, some chip race, and they were like, limited edition colour, whatever, blah, 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 yeah? And I was like, babe, like, you've got, like, every pair of chip race, yeah? There's no way. She was, oh, but it's an off shade of pink. It's not that pink. It's not that. It's this pink. I'm like, babe, no. You got that one and that one. That one doesn't matter. You can just put them together. You, you know, we're going to work it out, babe, yeah? And she's like, but I really want them. I said, buy them. Not How much were they? A grand. Or nine, okay. I don't know what they are, yeah? Um, but then she ended up making me spend, like, 15 grand by accident. By accident, yeah? So, by accident. <laughs> so, but, but, yeah, but then, like, I think she's like, she done a video on all my tops. So I bought, like, every MS top in the whole store. Mm. Yeah, um, and I'm buying everything possible that I could buy in the store. But listen, you, you worked hard enough to do it. Yeah, it ain't like you don't work. You do work hard. I'm <laughs> grinding in the morning, carton, relax. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Harrods grinding. Yeah, sounds, sounds like you worked really, really hard. <laughs> Who's strict with money, you or your wife? So I'm super strict. You sound it. Yeah, yeah. you sound really strict. Yeah, I'm so strict. <laughs> Um, we have um, you know, a budget. I've never gone over it because okay. it's really high. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very strict going over that budget. So, you know, um, you know, I would say, you know, we've got to limit it. There's a limitation, but uh, I mean, I haven't, I, I mean, I've put my limits quite high. Of so so let's say you want to buy a new car. Yeah. Is there a, okay, I, I know you can afford it, yeah. but do you look at the price of things? 
Genuinely. I mean, like, if I'm going to buy a colour for 460 grand, then yeah. If I'm going to buy it for 360 and I can spend 20 grand, as in, like, it might have the full load at 380, it's fine. I don't mind wasting 20 grand, as, you know, on top of the price tag. But I don't want to spend 100 grand over, like a GT4, yeah, like a GT3 RS. Okay. They're going for, like, 260 to 300 yeah, grand, yeah. but it's 160 list. I can't do that. But do you look at the price, or do you, if you want it, you're buying it? If I, if I want it, I'm buying it, yeah. No questions? No, I can't. I can't ask questions. <laughs> Can't. It's like, as in, if I if I want it, I want it. So you know, you know, what am I gonna do? Say no to myself. What's been your most expensive purchase ever? Not a lot. So it's just houses. I buy a lot of properties, so it's more. Most expensive purchase. Quarter of a million, three hundred grand. Like what was that watch? That, yeah, RMs. All the RMs I got. Two hundred fifty, three hundred grand, three hundred grand sitting around. Light, light change in it. Yeah, slight change. Easy, light. light. <laughs> so, what's the future hold for you, brother? So, for, for yeah, like for me, I'm focusing. But first, more... sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Talk to me about when you become religious. So, about four years ago, me and my wife decided um, to knock drinking on the head because I, I used to overdrink or five years ago, and we're both like drinking, having fun, doing our thing, and I was like, we need to fix up. She was like, you need to fix up, yeah, and I, I was like, yeah, babe, I need to fix up, yeah, and and she sort of just like, spoke to me and said like. You know, you're so much better than you are. Yeah, as you know, you've got so much more potential and you've limited yourself just by, you know, just living the life you're living. Yeah. And sort of, I understood it from her perspective because she was being genuine with it. And, and she was like, oh, if you stop that, stop this, do that, do that, you'll be able to excel a lot more in your businesses. And, and that's if you want to. And at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm ready now to sort of focus more on my, my sukun which was my peace, um, because I wasn't that, I, I didn't have much peace to be honest in my heart. Um, I felt anxious all the time. Um, didn't feel like I was a good person in my own heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think this was six years ago now, this time flies, yeah. Um, I was about 31 at the time. Um, yeah, I'm 37 now, so about six years ago. And then overnight, we just changed. We both click finger, literally click finger Hello. change. Click finger change. Overnight, I just stopped everything. Um, she, you know, like she, she didn't have like, a, you know, a problem with going out, and having fun, me, I had a problem. I go out and I would abuse fun. I can't, I can't walk around. I try to, I come to go in my car and they can't even walk. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, so I'm like, I completely lost it. Um, abusing Mayfair, I used to abuse Mayfair, um, and like Novikov and Park Chinua and Jam. Every what's your favorite restaurant in London? I mean, I abuse them. I got a list of restaurants. Now. <laughs> yeah, fair I'll enough. I send them to you. I got about hundred restaurants in London. <laughs> abused. Um, and then it was the decision just to change li change our lives and focus on what's best for us, the children, being more charitable. I was always charitable anyway, from like even when I was 15. Oh, really? I had that, I had that charitable trait, even everyone who knows me from, from when when we had no money. If I had, you know, if I earned 300 quid, I'd, I'll take out a pinky and give it charity. That was yeah. normal for me. It was normal. It's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it felt like my tax because I knew that my Lord has given it to me. Yeah, that's so good. So it was just, you know, you know, At you least know, like, you had that ingrained in you yeah, from, from young. young. Yeah, and then we you know we've done all the charity stuff. I haven't spoken about a lot on social media. Building houses, building wells, building mosques, um, and focusing on giving money to certain charities that we're working with at the moment. My wife has started a charity herself, um, and yeah, just really focus on on giving more, making more to be able to give more, and focusing on our new brand, which is Love Luxury, that is um, doing a lot better than I expected it to do so quickly. And that was all from one conversation one night. That was literally it. Yeah, just we're just talking, get stuff done. We don't have, I don't have that patience of going. Oh, let's have an idea and let's wait three years to get it done. It's like we have an idea, we get it done today. We start tomorrow. I've got everyone on the team. I spend all the money. I, you know, I stayed up to one two o'clock in the morning on Fiverr trying to find the right people to do the right things for the website for this for that. 
Do you know what I've realized about you just from talking to you? You're one of them guys where if you want to start a business, you'll think of it today and by tonight, you've bought the domain, the website's up and running the next Done. day. Yeah. I you, mean, the website might be up and running in a month or two, but domain's bought but in everything's a second. But you're, yeah. not, you're not one of them people who think about it, phone up their friends, yeah. shall I do it? Should, no. You've done it. Yeah. You'll phone them up and say, yo, I've got this new business. It's started. It's started, yeah. But that's, that's mm. most people sit there, they think about it. They, why, why are you so quick with it all? I just don't feel I've got too much time to waste and I feel as if though... Uh, time isn't on my side. But bro, you're still young. You're not no. an old man. You're not 78 years old. I don't where... know, I've, I've got a plan. So, so what's your... What, what... Fair <laughs> enough. I've got a plan. And the plan, you know, at the end of the day is every successful business person that I've read into or I haven't known, you know, like the level... I mean, I haven't known people personally of the level of success that I would want to be at. So what's yeah. your final number? Oh, my number is unlimited. But there like, must be a number. There's one number. If you had to retire today, how much would you want in your bank? In, in just sitting in the bank, yeah, five hundred million just sitting, just that's in there. it, just chilling, yeah, chilling. But then I'm, I need my assets. I need rental income coming in. I need the businesses to be making money. But I think I, I actually don't need money. Yeah, that, but yeah. you've yeah. got money. That's why yeah. you don't need it. Yeah, I mean, I would probably just you know I need enough money to to fill up everyone else's bank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I can fill up because then because then, because their mind can relax. Yeah, and when everyone else's bank is full. That's about 15, 20 people. I want to fill up everyone's bank and then I'll chill. Because I'll, I'll be good anyway. I'm good. Like the money that comes in, I, I, I can live off it. So so what's a five-year plan now? To get 500 billion in the bank. <laughs> no, but what is the plan? How, do, how are you getting there? What is the business? What business do you want that you're going to turn into that billion-pound business? So I'm not going to mention it on the, the, yeah, okay. the channel for obvious reasons. Fair because yeah, I don't want to um, have lots of competition. Yeah, yeah, that's um, fine. And, yeah, and build you know, like all the sharks out there that are smart enough to sort of follow the same path. Um, but there's you know a lot of new technologies that have just come out recently. You know, you know, you know, I've always looked into AI, love AI, um, and I've looked into um, a lot of the currencies in the world. So I'm sort of focusing on what I know is going to work in the next five years. Okay, and that should be your retirement money. Yeah. All right, well, listen, you're you're still young, <laughs> and I'm gonna phone you up in five years and say, "Yo, bro, remember I done that podcast? <laughs> I'm gonna send you a little invoice for that, like a few million. You got five hundred in the bank? Giving me a few. I'm like four hundred fifty bills short right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. <laughs> listen, one thing I want to touch on to finish the podcast is your family. Okay, you're a massive family man. We see it from your socials. You're always talking about your family. You're always with your family. Then, then, when did you think to yourself? When when is your point where? It gets too risky. You're worth too much. Family, come off socials. You ever going to do that? I mean, my daughter loves socials. We see that. Yeah. <laughs> We've so, seen that. And she's passionate. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we, you know, no one knows. We've got a lot more kids. We've got more kids that are in the house. You see my daughter on a video and there'll be four other kids behind the video. Yeah. And you see my other daughter, my other son, our other kids around. Um, but she loves socials and I find that it can give her a career. The same way I was pushing to business. Yeah. That's business for her. So she's understanding the business at the moment. She understands the retail. She understands how to authenticate watches. I'm training a child to be how I, you know, how I was or to be smarter than I am yeah. by the time she's even 20, 21 years old. So I know she'll be a massive success with the right help, especially if she's got two entrepreneur parents grandparents yeah. who, are, who are entrepreneurs everyone around us who are entrepreneurs there's no other way for her and she wants herself to be an entrepreneur and what about your other kids um you know my son he's gonna be an amazing ps5 player <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and you know i'm rooting for him yeah. go son go son yeah, yeah. fortnite fortnite come on yeah. son yeah. how many kills you got five kills <laughs> wicked yeah. listen there's big money in it yeah. don't get it twisted there's four big... grand a month son wages wicked no yeah. listen there's there's some big guys making big chunks out there millions a week 
No, I mean, I've got a son. I mean, but the thing is, I see his strengths are completely different. You can understand your, you know, your kid's strengths. I've got a daughter, yeah, another definitely. daughter. She's a great artist. And I can see her being a great artist. I can't see money in her, but I can see her enjoying her life. But if I can afford to be the one that can support her, her whole life, yeah. including her husband, their kids and everyone, then let her enjoy her life. It don't matter what she, she does. don't need to be focused on, I need to make money. Yeah, because that's that to me is stressful. Like, I'm, I was made for it, but it's not for everyone. What about being... Give it, is there any of your kids where you don't want them, where you want to hold them back and make them have that hunger, the passion to go out there and work like you did? Because giving them everything, as much as that's your job, you're their father, you want to, you don't want your kids to work. Let's be real. You don't want them to work. If you've got enough for them, why not? But do you not want any of your kids to have the hunger, have the drive? I mean, in regards to hunger and drive, um, I'm trying to build it within them regardless of being able to give them what they want. But I can see from the majority of the kids that I have at the moment, when I take them out and I ask them, you know, I asked my son the other day, son, do you want something from the shop? He's like, no. I said, oh, how about a game shop? He said, no. I said, anywhere. Just waste <laughs> just, money. Just, like, just do, please, something. just, yeah, let me just, let me just spoil you for a minute. And he's like, I don't want to fit that. I'm like, no problem. You don't want it, don't worry about it. So I went to my daughter, I said, do you want anything? She said, no, dad. I'm like, anything, hair dryer, lipstick, makeup, like pick yeah. something, artboard. She was not want it. So I was like, oh, bloody hell, I can't even, I can't even spend money on them. No, that's yeah. good though. And and then I asked my other daughter, would you, yeah, like, would you watch this? I want a mini Kelly. I want to. And I was like, oh. I was like, no, 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 relax a little bit. All right, cool. Let me let's move on again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. everyone has their own personalities. Everyone wants to do their own thing. Every human being is different. All the kids are going to be different. Um, with Moo online, she loves it. Social media is for her. With us, I mean, you know, with me being on social media, I like being on social media for education, yeah. training people, yep. and sort of being um, transparent with the business model. So when you come into the store, you know 100% everything is above board. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that yeah that I love about my brand. And then, for example, at the watches, it's always full set of box papers, all cl it's clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a clean business model. So I like that, you know, we can show that we can, you know, you know, you know, sort of show our clients coming in, our clients going out, the deals that we're getting done. And these are amazing things to watch. Because, yeah, nice. because I've never um, been in a position where, you know, you know, maybe 15 years ago, you know, you know, you know, to do a, a two million pound deal on like pieces of accessories, like a watch and a bag and somebody walks in and he's like, yeah, I want those three watches. I want those six, seven, eight bags. And the bill comes to 1.8 million. That's mad though when you think about it though, isn't it? It is mad. It is mad. But you know, that was last month. And you know, at the end of the day, that guy's a serious guy. And you know, you know, like he, he messaged me yesterday and he wants to buy another watch for a quarter million pound. And the guy doesn't even like watches. Yeah, but but you know he's billionaire status, and he's you know he's at that level where he he, he you know he does big deals. So you know if he's making hundred million a deal, fifty million a deal, sixty million, he don't mind spending a couple of million. Quarter of a million quid is yeah. nothing. I mean, you know he's spending way more. But at the end of the day, these these types of people that have that type of money, but things that's what I look into. Then I'm like, hold a minute, that, those people can come to me. And say, I'm like, what? Oh, I need to be like these guys. You know, making the hundred million per deal. The good thing is you're in that circle. Yeah. So even if as much as you're mega wealthy now, let's not get it twisted. You're worth. You've smashed it. Alhamdulillah. But you're in that circle with people wealthier than you as well. So you can only be wealthier. You're not sitting with people who are broke. You're not chilling with people who are going to knock you down, who are... You're in a circle where all your clients are millionaires. Uh, someone Minimum. Who, yeah, minimum. They can't walk in there if they've got 10 grand in the bank. Nah. They, there's nothing for them to buy. They can come in and aspire. Yeah, I want that one day. But you're sitting with millionaires every day of the week. No, yeah. Every day. Minimum millionaire. Minimum. So you're only going to end up being worth loads more than that listen you, you got a mad journey ahead of you 
Inshallah. And I, I look forward to watching it on socials. Yeah. It's, it's that 500 million, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invoice you when you get there. Before we end, I want to touch on one thing here. Emily's charity. What's yeah. all that about? So Emily's charity um, had, had got to do a lot with um, the little girl that had got blown up in Palestine. Okay. And my wife's heart is so soft when it comes to kids and people being um, victims of genocide. Yep. Yeah. At the end of the day, we have a belief and we believe what's going on is wrong. Yeah. We we don't believe um, what Israel is doing at the moment is correct. Yeah. As in, you know, you know, you know, we are for the good people. Yep. There are bad people and there are good people. The kids to us are good people you know the people who are not out there doing bad things are good people to us so my wife has been seeing all this and wallahi lazim the amount of people that got online that tried to disrespect my wife yeah about her not putting her hands up and she was focused on spending her hard-earned money or our hard-earned money on supporting people out there to make sure that they got food got water she her plans of action are intense and then she was like hold on a minute when you start a charity to help people out there who are now suffering yeah yeah and um you know I've seen my wife cry for about a month. Yeah. And you know, like I'm talking, I'm sitting in bed about to go to sleep and she's crying. I don't, I, I haven't talked to her about it because I know how emotional it is for her. And wallahi, every time I see these little kids, if I keep watching, I start crying because I know it's deep because I've got kids. Yeah. So my wife started this charity um, and she was, you know, she had um, a feeling um, of sadness because of the amount of kids that I were saw dying. because on socials as well, she said, mm. everyone was reaching out to her. Everyone's saying, why weren't you doing her part? But yeah. They always say when you're doing charity as well, you don't need to tell everyone. You're yeah. meant to do it in your own time as well. And she was, and people were giving her hate from it, no? Yeah, I mean, she had a lot of hate yeah. from, and the thing is, I'll be honest with you, my wife uh, was a Jehovah's Witness six years ago, yeah? And when she started to understand, or, you know, you know, when she decided, okay, I want to look into being a Muslim, yeah. it took her like two years to, she asked me questions every day, bro. Yeah, she was like, asking me a question. And wallahi, I was like, I don't know any of the answers. And she was like, I thought you were a Muslim. And I was like, I thought I was a Muslim. Yeah, as in, until I realized I know nothing about my religion. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and then I said to her, oh, go on YouTube and Google Mufti Menk. Go on YouTube, go, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, Google these people. They'll give you the answers because they know, what, that's their job, isn't it? they're teachers of the, of the deen. So, you know, you, you know, sort of listen out. And then she started like, listening to Khalid Yassin and Hamza Yusuf and Menk and all the other people out there who are amazing scholars and and um, and ulamas, like, etc. And she took a liking to Mr. Menk because yeah. the way he spoke. and. Then she was like, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. And then she started understand. She started asking the questions to him, but, you know, you can Google. And he asks, you know, answers questions in his Q&As. And the majority of the questions that she had, she got answered by Mifti Meng. And then she started understanding the religion more. Then she came to the deen because she had to be convinced. She's not a person. You can't tell her being Muslim. She's a Muslim. She, yeah, yeah. She, needs to, she needs to know how come, why this, why that. And I was like, babe, allow me. Yeah, as in, when you know the answer, tell me as well at the same yeah, time yeah. because I actually don't know the answer. You teach me. Yeah, teach me. Yeah, and then she was training me, teaching me. I understood a lot. And when she then found the religion, she became very religious. It you know it came from like being non-Muslim to now every she says she's alhamdulillah, mashallah, everything inshallah because she knows that Allah's up there watching us. Yeah? yeah, so now she has that feeling of she knows you know like when I'm there she goes oh let's you know fajr time let's pray early Do morning. Do you reckon that made you more religious as well? I mean, it it allowed me to be who I actually was. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's easier than to pray Salah because my wife's like, oh, it's, it's Salah time, you know, spray. And I'm not going to say, no. Yeah, no, you can't. You can, I mean, what am I going to say? Well, I'm saying, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, no whatever. No, yeah, you can't yeah, say hell no. Yeah. Yeah, no you know, yeah, you can't say no. So we prayed together Salah. But now going forward to today, her heart was soft for all the kids that passed. The crazy soft, yeah? As in, 
I can't even watch it because I'm like, I can't watch this. And then she's talking about stories. This happened, this little girl, this happened to her. I'm like, well, like, please don't tell me. Like, it hurts. It makes me feel disgusted of what's going on. Yeah, yeah it the is. The thing is, it's, it's like, I don't want to be ignorant towards the fact, but I don't want someone to rub it all over my face because I, I'm, I feel helpless. Like, yeah. I can't go out there and one man soldier this whole thing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Literally manhandle everyone and say, bro, allow it. This yeah, shit yeah. shouldn't be happening. I just get murdered. Bam, dead. I'm gone. It's yeah. Done. So if he's in my head, I'm like, what do I do? Yeah, I, I, you know, like I pray my salah, I make my dua for them every single salah, and then I give as much charity money that I can possibly give out of our funds. Yeah. And then she said, let's start up the Abraham um, Foundation. But pre-Abraham Foundation, when she was giving her own charity money on social media, she got, I think, about three and a half to four, five, six million views in a day of people saying, oh, she's Israeli, her name is Abraham, she's actually Jewish, or she doesn't support Palestine, she supports the killing of kids, she supports the... And bro, the, the, these videos were viral, yeah, of someone else making it about yeah, yeah. her fake, like, about her saying, oh, look at her laughing at kids being killed in um, Palestine. But it's a video of her laughing at, like... Bro, social media is a cruel place when they want to be cruel yeah but people are like taking yeah. snippets of videos and saying oh my god this woman's laughing at um oh look, look yeah look at this um you know jewish woman because my, my surname's abraham yeah, yeah people always wonder your name's adam abraham how you're a muslim but i, I, I mean these are um, um one's a muslim name and the other was given to me yeah <laughs> um so you know that's our name she wallahi she called me crying on the phone she upset that she got targeted by muslim people and said to me, I'm having doubts of my faith. Wow. Yeah. And wow. that's the day. And she said, I don't wear my scarf anymore because people, them, and guess what? All of my brothers and sisters of the Dean were having a go at a woman of the Dean that I swear to you, it was probably stronger than every single person who's messaging. I can't say for fact, yeah. because I don't know, there might be some warriors out there, but warriors would never diss another warrior because we know we're at the front line together. My other brother there won't diss this brother because he knows we're standing in line and yeah. we're linking and our arms are so tight that nothing's getting through us. So when I know she's a soldier of our deen and the ummah was disrespecting her and her heart broke into thousands of pieces and it can never be mended again, yeah? That to me, yeah, was like the point of, yeah, I was in my heart thinking to myself, I don't even blame her yeah, for walking for away from something she loves, but not from Allah, because she loves Allah, but the people that have categorized that have been Muslim and not doing something about Palestine when no one knew what she was doing. And yeah, then- It's mad, it's mad. <clears throat> and then, you know, yeah, when it's your wife, it's completely different because you're seeing her go through motions, feelings, um, sickness, like all, you know, because when people message, when people are disrespecting you online, you can get sick from it. Yeah, because yeah, because the amount of exposure she gets compared to me, like people don't diss me online. I mean, she's a woman as well. Yeah. It's different, they're yeah. more emotional. Even diss me, diss me. I don't care, yeah? <laughs> yeah? It is what it is. Some people are like, oh, you're fat. And I was, and now I'm going to get fit, yeah? Oh, you know, um, whatever, the West. I mean, that's probably the worst I've got, yeah? And yeah. you know, you know, know, and then I became self-conscious about that. Oh, I'm fat. Yes, I am fat. What am I going to do about it? I'm going to get fit. How am I going to do that? I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to go to yeah, like, gym. I've got this morning, five o'clock. I'm active every yeah, single yeah. day. I'm an early riser. I'm spending three and a half hours in my gym. I'm overdoing it. I'm not bodybuilding. I'm trying to lose fat. That's what I'm doing. I'm, you know, I get to work for 10 o'clock, I have my full shift, I'm in bed by 9 o'clock. Well, you're always up early. Even that time I text you at like 5 a.m. the other day. I remember a couple of weeks back yeah. when I text you, text him at 5 a.m., boom, look down on the I was like, rah, this guy's awake. Yeah, but that's, but that's um, that, because I know I need um, as much time as possible throughout the day. So, you know, at the end of the day, if I woke up at my normal time, I wouldn't have been able to do my, you know, my, you know, my morning routine. And yeah, it's yeah. very important for me to be, um, you know, on point with my life so i gotta be eating my food on point you know i had to go train this morning i had to go swimming i've done them um, eight laps of a full swim pool and then that to me was an achievement 
Because before I was doing three and taking a rest. I've done a quick eight. And alhamdulillah, I said, well, I've done eight. Tomorrow I'm going to do nine. Yeah, but in the year, I want to do 20, 30 laps. If it's because I'm 115 kilos of a lot of weight. So, you know, I'm trying to shed it to understand where I can go with my training regime, but also yeah. with my businesses. I've done it with businesses already. Yeah. And now I've got to change up the lifestyle a bit. Business, alhamdulillah, you know, I'm doing them. I'm starting another business at the moment. I just started business in Dubai. I've opened that one. <laughs> um, and, you know, so obviously, you know, you know, the businesses are going to come and go. We're going to do what we've got to do. Allah knows the best way. You know, money will come and go. Health will go. It doesn't come unless you, you know, you know, you're pushing for it. And I've realized now it's that, it's that time in my life where I need to focus on my health um, and, and the businesses and going back once again to Emily. Um, because, because, oh yeah, we're talking about Reem and the foundation of the charity business um, and her focus on it and her walking away from Dean, which was massive. She's walked away from Dean now? No. Okay, okay. So, so, so basically she had the feeling of walking away from Dean, but then... Um, I didn't speak to her for a few days because um, I wanted her to just get over because she's hard to talk to someone and she's really upset. This was about two months back, by the way. It wasn't recently, it was recently, but two months back. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to say to her, oh, you can't. Yeah. Or you can, because I'm not that person. I say, you do anything you want to do. Yeah. I'll pray Salah because I'm going to pray my Salah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that, you know, you know that's how it's going to be. But then when I got back to Dubai, um, you know, you know, you know, maybe it was it was just a day thing. She felt upset on that day, and you know, she every, everyone was still like, no, she's like, okay, Allah together. You know, like you know, like she's still wearing a headscarf. She's she still loves Allah, and and, and uh, that's how it goes. I knew it wasn't the faith. I knew it wasn't that. I knew it's people attacking her, and that and that to me is, um, you know, I wish I could protect everyone, not just my wife, the whole ummah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, people being attacked, people that are weaker than other people, people who don't have no money that need money, that, that yeah, that support. I think we all need help. I think everyone, there's a lot of people, you know, people on drugs on the street, people think, oh yeah, look, man's a drug addict. He's not, bro, he, he needs, needs help. help. Yeah, for real, he does. Yeah, so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I could be in that position. Yeah, I'm borderline, so I'm borderline in my mind, I'm that person. <laughs> yeah, but it's just because I've been given um, a wife to put me in thing. I've got my dad there, I've got my mom, I've got my, my kids. You know, I've got my brothers, I've met you now, we're having a great conversation, and this keeps me in line. But do you know what, Isabel? What you are today is not what you are tomorrow. Yeah. It can change overnight. Literally, it could be one wrong move, one... Something comes out, you've seen the highest or richest drop to the bottom overnight. That's it. Literally, it's, and my dad's always told me that. Always from young. He says, Mikey, you can lose everything you built from what he even tells me about my podcast. Release one wrong podcast, you're done. Yeah, if you need and to it's so true. For me, I'm in the podcast world, if I release one wrong episode where... I say one wrong word. Let's say I say, I don't know, just anything wrong. One wrong word. A racist remark. Mm, you're gone. I'm done. I'm finished. You're cancelled. Close up. Done. Mm. So the only thing that you do hold and which you have started is a cherry. That yeah. will stay after you lot are gone. Mm. That's still going to be there. People are still going to be pushing for the charity. Charity's still going to be growing. You don't need to be here for the charity. Mm. But that's, that's the best thing. And I think, listen... That's amazing that you started that as well. Congratulations to both of you for starting that. Thank you. Because, it, was, it, was, yeah, it was more Emily, by the way, just uh, just over that. No, was. definitely. Congratulations to Emily for starting that. It's a shame she's not here as well. Next yeah, time. Yeah, inshallah, when she's here next, um, you know, I'll let you know in advance. Um, try to get her on because she's very, you know, she's got a lot to say and she's very smart. And, and as a revert as well, yeah. it'd be good to talk to her as well about yeah. that. And also, you know, who she's become. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, definitely. She's done a lot more than I have in the last five years because I really felt as if though, I was quite successful already throughout my whole life. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like her success story is going to be in the last 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, that's an amazing story. Well, listen, don't tell her story. Leave that for her, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Most, I forget most of it anyway. Alhamdulillah. Listen, my brother, it's been a pleasure having you on the Thank show. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I look forward to seeing you again. Thank you. Guys, if you've enjoyed the episode, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you on the next one.